0: This week's episode is brought to you in partnership with Zero Procure. The guys at Zero Procure have walked a mile in the shoes of many of our listeners from the world of hospitality. In fact, they have over 70 years of collective experience of working in the hospitality industry. And that'll probably be me getting into trouble for making them feel old. I really recommend speaking to them to ensure you're working with the right suppliers at the right price. There's zero cost involved. Just click on their link in the show notes or visit their site at zeroprocure.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is David Connell, General Manager of South Lodge Hotel and Group Operations Director at Exclusive Collection. Coming up on today's show... David highlights a world-class skill
1: set. Didn't do a lot apart from flood the building on several occasions.
0: Phil overuses the word wobble. If somebody's having a wobble, why are they having a wobble? Can we help you through the wobble? And David tells us his typical quiet night in. It's free-flowing
1: on Perignon with Bob Touloges, the You know, the whole, the whole shebang.
0: All that and so much more as we chat through David's story and journey so far. I think it's fair to say that David has had a brilliant career so far with two main messages. You don't need to go looking for growth. It will find you if you get your head down and focus on doing your best work. That and there's really no need to move companies if you experience that growth and keep getting challenged. There are also many other nuggets in our chat, and a massive thank you to David for his time. As always, a sneaky reminder to keep sharing the podcast as far as you can. Let's get the world talking about our amazing industry. Enjoy.
1: And a big hospitality, mates, Welcome to David Connell. Thanks, Phil. The How nice are to you? be here. I'm very good. Thanks very much. Great good, to be good. here. Good. Where are you? Uh, currently at South Lodge. So, uh, okay, um, nice room. So- uh yeah it's 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 all right uh yes it's all right it's a change of office for me so my my role changed meant I needed to change the offices around so right. I've got more of a hot desk than a than a than a proper office these days so but that's right, fine okay it, it works well
0: yeah yeah so is that an official office or is that uh, uh just a space that you have
1: yeah, so it's within this actually used to be the the old accounts office and we we flipped it all around. So they they sort of taken over my office. Although I, I've always ended up with the most tiniest offices wherever I've worked within the exclusive collection. They've always tended to be shoeboxes. So actually I've got an air conditioned space here which I've never had before. Wow. Uh which which is great. So and a I, window. Well, and a window. Actually yes, yeah, really yeah. which is really good. So uh, my my time tends to be split between well now, within within my group role, it's it's a, it's across all the properties within the, within the group, but I've got an office at Penny Hill, uh, Penny Hill Park, and, and sort of a, a hot desk slash office here at South Lodge. And then usually one day a week, I'm on the road somewhere at one of the other properties.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. And Well, that's quite a new role, right? So just, I suppose, let's just get this one out of the way very, very quickly. Just tell everybody who you are and what you do.
1: So, yeah. So uh, my name is David Connell. I'm the Group Operations Director for Exclusive Collection a collection of, for those who don't know exclusive is a collection of six privately owned hotels people know pennyhill park usually quite well the home of the english rugby team and then the south lodge manor house hotel at castle coombe Laneson house which is just outside of winchester royal berkshire and ascot and Phantom's hall in ware in hertfordshire
0: fantastic yeah and you've not long taken the role of
1: group ops as well correct so yeah i've got uh 20 years with exclusive so i joined pennyhill park a long time ago so just over 20 years ago as restaurant wow, uh, nice. manager Um, so my background is very much F and B, um, I was restaurant manager at, at Penny Hill, and then it sort of happened from there kind of naturally, weirdly sort of restaurant manager, restaurants, manager, food and beverage manager, operations manager, deputy GM. When I left Penny Hill after seven and a half years, did an interim role as GM at the man house at Castle Coombe was four and a half months. Then GM at Langston for just under three years. Then GM at South Lodge for what has been nine years, just over nine years. Um, and then this role literally within the last two months. So, um, yeah, a bit of journey. Bit of yeah. before.
0: not enough. Yeah. Well, before yeah. you go into exclusive, there's obviously a backstory to to fill in as, as well. So yeah. take us all the way back. We were just talking before we turned the microphone on about uh, little bits and pieces of your kind of pre-hospitality journey. I find that quite interesting. So take us all the way back to the beginning. How did you end up in hospitality in the first place?
1: Yeah, but like so many, by accident, really, I think. So I initially left school. So half of my family was sort of from a hospitality background. My brother was a chef in the army. My mother was involved in hotels. My uncle was involved in, in sort of hotels and restaurants. My father was uh, in engineering. And you know, like so many, leaving school at the age of 16, I'm kind of going, what do I do next sort of thing? I didn't really have a very clear idea, but I thought engineering kind of appealed. So I was fortunate to be given an apprenticeship to become an engineer or toolmaker uh, in Worcester, where I'm from originally. And sort of was going through college, do the whole technical college piece, doing my city and guilds and so on and so forth. And it was all fine, but it was on the the good old days of twenty-five quid a week sort of apprenticeship. Yeah. And my uncle had a restaurant as I said, as I mentioned, so I had the opportunity to go and work for him sort of on a casual basis, just to earn some extra cash. So I started that when I was sixteen, absolutely loved it, immediately just thought, oh, this is this is pretty cool. It's great fun. You know, met some great people. And, and went on doing that and I did that sort of just over a year, got my city and guilds and everything else in engineering and just thought this isn't, this isn't my life. I loved it. I loved the practical side of, of, of being an engineer and, and making these tools and various different things were great, but I just thought this isn't, this isn't where I see myself. So um, I carried on working in my uncle's restaurant sort of on a full-time basis. Got into my first hotel when I was 18 as a waiter in a, in a hotel in, in Worcester called the Founds Hotel. And again, just loved it, you know, the, the social circle. The people i was working with quickly became my friends yeah the hours were long um <laughs> the, yeah <laughs> the play the, was hard the play was hard and that was and that was fine but i had a, I had a great time but of course progression happens quite quickly as, w- as we all know so quite quickly progressed within that business from sort of waiter to head waiter in the restaurant to doing duty management shifts running private banquets and weddings and events and all of that kind of good stuff And and absolutely again just just loved it then i had an opportunity to go and work in the south of france as a sort of working holiday for six months at a restaurant. Nice. Which was, but Yeah, it, was, it wasn't as grand as it sounds, okay. but, it was, but, it was, um, but it was a beautiful part of the world. It was in Provence, so it was very nice. And it was kind of, uh, again, just a, just a really nice place to be. So I worked down there for six months, came back, worked in a couple of hotels, one in Malvern Hills, which was, uh, which was fun. And then I had an opportunity to, to move to Egham in Surrey. So it was an opportunity to up at the Runnymede Hotel in Egham. And I went there as restaurant supervisor, if I remember rightly and then did four and a half years there until I had an opportunity to go and work in London. So I took an opportunity at the Oxo Tower. And right, I was there okay, th- yeah. Th- three years as assistant restaurant manager at the Oxo Tower. Had a great time. It was, I'm honest, the easiest job I've ever had in hospitality. <laughs> How um, sure? Well, I think it was just... The shift patterns were really easy. So it was kind of it was five days out of seven, but it was you sort of did two early, two late, and one all day shift. Right. Those Sundays tended to be my all day shift, so I'd get in for eleven and I'd be there till midnight. That was my longest day. Right. The rest of it was pretty much regular hours. You know, it was eight till well sort of nine till six during the day for the early shifts, Um and it was five till midnight, five till close on the late. So it was right. pretty straightforward. And and Being in London, it was kind of one of those environments where we just had a lot of people, so I had plenty of people to do the job. It was back in the days when service charge made up wages, okay. So this was pre-changes. So you know the base salary was pretty low, but you the service charge split was pretty high, so you you did okay. But it was it was one of those, so you could have you could have a lot of people because the wages were were relatively small, right? Um, I
0: suppose also it's a it's a really busy venue when it's very. uh, I mean, because its position is amazing and it's, it's obviously incredible. elevated up into the sky and you've got the views over the river so people just want to go there don't they
1: absolutely so we were doing 240 covers a night in the main restaurant uh, the brasserie which was next door was you know doing 500 covers a day i mean it was bonkers yeah and and, and yeah the views from there everybody wanted to come and look over st paul's cathedral and the river and everything else it was just it was just stunning so yeah it it was fantastic and i had the privilege of being there for millennium new year's eve oh nice uh, which was which was great great view great view really great view the fireworks literally outside outside on the river uh which was fabulous the river of fire thing didn't really happen i think we all missed that yeah. um i also I love you- i
0: love your mindset there around i had the privilege of working new year's eve because you were look at you mean front
1: row seats yeah exactly i mean getting home was an interesting experience yeah. but yeah i mean it was it was just one of those environments you just wanted to be there that you know we were charging ridiculous I mean if I remember right, it was a thousand pounds a head to go for dinner My uh, life. that night but it was free-flowing Dom Perignon there was Vogue the you know the whole the whole shebang and it was it was yeah it was hugely busy but it's where you wanted to be because yeah. that was that was a hot ticket right there on the river watching the fireworks you know counting down to the millennia we all thought the lights were going to go off but you know well, um, that, the world is going <laughs> to end wasn't it the, yeah, exactly uh, that, that bug um, that's still out there somewhere exactly exactly so um so so and it was great so i mean i love that and then not living in london i was living out in surrey so it was the the sort of the um congestion charging kicked in and i was like hang on a second i'm not paying 15 quid a day to drive into work and and all of that kind of stuff was going on so i was like yeah it was great anyway this this very tiny advert in the evening standard for a restaurant manager at Penny hill was there and initially i ignored it didn't think much of it back in the days um, we used to
0: put adverts in newspapers
1: back back in the days yeah my so my other half saw it and said oh look look at this you should you should apply for that and I'm, well, I'm not sure I'm in london now I quite like it and all of that anyway so um i randomly applied gave i've had a phone call with the hr manager at the time and said tell me more when i met with the then gm the the late david broadhead and paul thompson who was the operations manager at the time and yeah i i thought okay well this is this is kind of nice wasn't really sure what it was about, but anyway, I got a phone call to say they'd like me to come in, and thought, well, let's give it a go. I've always had, you know, hotels has always been my background. Although I went to London to to the Oxo Towers as a, as a standalone restaurant, hotels has always been sort of there or thereabouts, and and always where I've enjoyed my my time the most. I think probably because of the variation of it, the change, you know, it's, it's just multifaceted and and just different. Oxo Towers, I said, it was it was effectively the easiest job I've ever had, and and it was one of those where I enjoyed it. I love the people. It was great, but it was as close to becoming a kind of same in day in day out experience as you could possibly have got right
0: yeah. um and where do you go next and, kind of and thing where within, do you go next? yeah
1: and, and that was the thing and, and i and i like you know the variation what happens in hotels the just you know we were speaking previously about every day being different you know no two yeah. days are exactly the same in hotels and that's and that's i think was the was the bit that really appealed to me so yeah i knew of, i knew of penny hill when i had a look around Thought yeah, like this place. the The spa at that point was just coming out of the ground. The, the footings were, just, were literally oh, so the I, I literally, So I literally watched the spa at Pennyhill coming out of the ground. And what a spa it is, by the way. And what and what a spa it is. Yeah, exactly that. So it was great. And of course, you had the England rugby team were there as the as their sort of their base camp. So it was it was it was great. And I and I thoroughly enjoyed my time. I had a, I had a great time there. I, what I really
0: love about the fact of you kind of getting that job is that it it, it sounds like. Correct me if I'm wrong. But at no part, no part of your psyche was saying, "Pennyhill Park's a place I want to go work. This is it. This is the. That's where I've always wanted to be." It was kind of a happy accident, almost.
1: Yeah, it was, and and to be to be perfectly honest with you, Phil, my, my almost my entire career has been that way. You know, <laughs> I, um, and, and and I think it's if I'm to say the reason why, I think it's because my philosophy, my mentality is, you work hard and good things will happen. You know you don't have to chase it you know if 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 you're doing the right thing and you're good at what you do and i'd like to think i'm reasonably good at what i do then things will come to you you know it will yeah. happen for you and and sure i could have gone chasing job after job after job after job and i'm sure i could have done you know and and, and probably would have had a, a a good career but i just i've always had this mindset and i I've, I've said this to you before but I, I think i've always said with exclusive i said it would be one of those days when when the day comes and i'm bored I'll sit down and I'll write my resignation. Yeah. Because that's, I don't want to be bored. I don't, I don't, that's not part of me. I don't, I don't, that that has no appeal in me whatsoever. So, and fortunately, it's a company that just, you don't get bored. There's always something going on. There's always something happening. And that's exciting. So it's exciting to be part of. So, you know, my time, I I didn't join Penny Hill with any great intention, thinking I'm going to join this company and be here for 20 plus years. It was a case of, okay, let's do this job now and see what happens and see where it goes. It was the same. When I joined the running mid, it was the same when I joined the Oxide Tower. I never had a time frame in mind. It was like if I'm for as long as I'm enjoying it, I'm happy. Yeah. You know, that's important. And and the day comes and I'm going, eh, well, it's not really it's got reached that time, you know, it's reached that time to move on. Then that's then I'll then I'll start thinking about something else. But uh, yeah, I've never had a I've never been chasing a big target. Even even to this position, you know, I never caught up with Danny and said, Danny, what's my next step? <laughs> You know, it was a case of Danny. I mean, I was perfectly happy as general manager of South Lodge. You know, we've done a lot here. We've achieved a lot, still on a journey. I still think there's more, there's still more to do, but I was still enjoying it. It was never, you know, it was never a case of Danny. I, You know, what's next? He approached me and said, this is, he wants to slightly restructure the business. And he'd like me to consider this role. And I went, great. You know what? I've worked for this company for long enough, Danny. Tell me what you want me to do. Yeah. You know that. And that's the thing is, you know, that's what you want me to do, Danny. I'm more than happy.
0: I, what I really love about this is the fact that there's, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but if we're, if we're coming back to your time as restaurant manager at Pennyhill Park, there's no, it's essentially no grand plan yet. Maybe there's not even a grand plan now. It is a kind of, as you say, it's just been about getting your head down, crack on, work hard, do the best you can. Other people then hopefully see that at some point and opportunity presents itself anyway. Did you ever feel like, was there any point you go, I'm going to become, I'm aiming towards becoming a hotel GM or I'm aiming towards becoming a multi-site
1: ops director? So, I mean, Danny and I had a conversation, this is going back now, probably 16 odd years ago. And I and I sort of said, look, all I want to know is where do you see me going? What you know, I don't. I didn't really at that point. I had no really co- real concept of what his thoughts were about me at all. Yeah. And and that's fine. It wasn't. You know, he wasn't GM of Penny Hill. He was the managing director for the company. Why Why should he? But I just I thought, well, look, look, I just want to know where the future is. It was getting to that point. It was okay. I'm four and a half years, five years in, or whatever it was at that stage. Is there a few? Is there a continued future with me in the company or or not? And and you know, if he saw me as being having a future with with exclusive fantastic if he thought mm, maybe not then i would be like okay fine then i'll then i know where i stand and we'll, we'll start that conversation about looking for alternative opportunities yeah and he was very he was very honest with me he said you weren't i wasn't top of the list at that point for future gms and i said that's okay because i wasn't did, wasn't expecting to to get one at that stage and I was, that's absolutely fine you've got you've got a, a list and that's great but at least i knew i was on it and that was all i was after really and and so and that was like great now i'll crack on and get on with the job and when the time that he feels it's the right time then i'm sure he'll speak to me and that's kind of what happened so yeah it's, and other than that i've had you know like we like we all do we you know we get contacted by certain people and approached about opportunities and roles and i I'm, yeah but my job isn't done yet you know and, and yeah and working for exclusive i think the beauty of it and i and i think it's probably one of the main reasons why i have stayed as long as i have is because we are given huge amounts of autonomy we we shape this business you know wherever i've been whether it's a penny hill Manor House, Langston, here that that's got my dna in it somewhere you know you get that there's a fingerprint of me on that project or on that project or on that initiative or on that change to the way the business is now being run yeah and and i think that's that's really powerful you know that's really powerful because you do it is more than just a job it's more than yeah i I am you know on the payroll like everybody else but the reality is that i feel like i can make a difference if i didn't feel like i could make a difference then then i wouldn't do it and this role again it's just sort of opened the door and said, Look, can I make it better? Can I improve the company as a whole? If I, if I felt I couldn't, then I wouldn't have taken the opportunity. Yeah. So, cause it's, it's a, it's a new role to the business. You know, the, the other general managers in the, in the group now reporting to me and that's a lot of responsibility. And, you know, I need their buy in, but I need to, I need that, I need to prove myself to them to say, Look, guys, that this is the way, these are the things I think we should be doing. And if we do that, and we see an improvement in the company, then then that's that's beneficial to everybody. Yeah. And and very much of the opinions, I do, I'm not here to tell them what to do. I'm here then to, to, to so we can all collaborate together better, work together better, communicate better, and all work for the collective growth of the business. Yeah. Um, and if we can do that, and I can help support that, then it makes the job worthwhile. Otherwise, then Danny will be having a tap on the shoulder. <laughs> Give me a tap yeah. on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't quite working out. And and that's and that's not what I want. Obviously, not what anybody wants. So no so I so I so I generally feel I can make a difference and if I can uh, and do and demonstrate that then then that's important
0: I think you obviously clearly do because otherwise Danny wouldn't have tapped you on the shoulder in the right way would he and and said look I'm I'm thinking about this and
1: I'd like you to do this and here we are you are now in the midst absolutely And and it's a big deal for him right I mean that's you know he's he's kind of had that role and responsibilities obviously as managing director he's had it previously where everybody reports into him yeah so to be able to let go of that and go i'm gonna give this over to you is, is a big step it's difficult he's been doing it for a very long time as we all find it you know we're all in our own little way slightly control freaks yeah um <laughs> and, and 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 letting go of stuff and giving other people the opportunity to to shine is is, is difficult it's, yeah. is, it's it's difficult so we have a a defined sort of job list here's in mine <laughs> and
0: that'll probably and take that, time as well to kind of balance out as you know there'll be things I would imagine that you've defined the rules, but then something else happens and all of a sudden that comes on your plate and vice versa and, and
1: yeah, whatever. yeah. And, and we've and we've said you know at some point we're going to tread on each other's toes a little bit but I'd kind of rather that then there be a, a you know a big gap in the middle that neither of us are doing yeah. Um, yeah so at least at least this way you know we're both covering it or, or whatever so I'm sure that'll ha i mean touch wood, it hasn't as yet but I'm sure it will happen at some point yeah and you know we're grown ups we can we'll have a chat about it it'll tell me to butt out or whatever and that's fine you know we've, yeah. we've I say we've known each other for a long time so the the opportunity to have those kind of conversations and speak freely with each other i think is you know i think I think that's part of the reason why I'm in the role is that I've never been frightened to sort of challenge Danny on certain things. So, which you know, that's just me. That's just the way I am. You know, yeah. if, I, if I disagree with something, I say I don't agree with it. And but he strikes me that's...
0: as as somebody who needs or or kind of wants people like that around him. He doesn't want people who just go, "Yes, Danny, that's fine. I'll do that." Exactly. I think
1: that, I think that's really important. We all need that, right? We all, we yeah. all need somebody to have that conscience on our you know, on our shoulder, saying, "Are you sure?" Just to either ratify or or to to, to not, you know, to, or, or to change a decision. So. I think we all need a little bit of that. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm tend to be quite vocal about certain things. So.
0: Yeah. Very good. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, as long as you're still on speaking terms, that's um that's, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. So I I just wanna go back a little bit before we move forward again. France, now you you talked about the fact that it wasn't it sounded, you know, maybe better than it perhaps was. But the um I kinda wanted to understand perhaps what you felt that experience actually gave you because that you're, that's a, a, a right outside the comfort zone move really did you speak French at this point was it was it just a case of that sounds great I'm going to give that a go
1: it was, it was, it sounded great. And I thought, give it a go. And, and I didn't, as it was, I didn't need to speak French. So, which so I didn't speak a word of it. Um, I I studied German at school. So going to France with barely enough words to order a coffee or a beer was, was, was probably about as far as I could get. Yeah. Um. And I, and I wouldn't say I've got a huge vocabulary. I haven't come back from six months in France now, but it was an opportunity that presented itself. It was kind of like a working holiday. I'd never sort of done it. I'd had, you know, I'd left school and cracked straight into work and, and did all that. So I didn't really have that. And, and I. You know, I'd, I'd sort of finished the first sort of hotel job that I had. There was a, it was a, the kind of the reasoning behind it. There was a, this, the hotel, it was a privacy, privacy owned. It was then taken over by a company and a management contract. They don't exist in it's called resort hotels. Didn't really like the process. Didn't like what that was about. It just felt different. And, and I, and I guess I'm. Uh, that, that's happened twice in my career with actually with another hotel company that was taken over by another management company and I, and I didn't really like it very much. So I, I think it was just, it was just kind of like, actually, I'm, yeah, I'm not happy with this. This opportunity came up to go and sort of this working holiday in the south of France. As I said, it was, it was a, a restaurant that was catering to holidaymakers going from the UK to, to Spain, most of them actually. Uh, and it was on route, so most of the most of the guests were all English anyway, so it didn't really matter, and the, and where we were located. Typical sort of lazy English, I guess, in terms of languages was that well, they all want to speak English, so let them let them practice their English, and I'll just sit here and listen. Do you know what I mean? It was quite right. kind of one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it was it was great. It was great fun. I loved it. It was six months. You know, getting into loads of debt because the pay pay was absolutely rubbish. <laughs> um, but you know what? You you sort of get to go to the beach quite a bit and 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 do all of that stuff. So it was it was. It was fun it was it was something different it was a, it was a real step out and then but i sort of got that out of the system got back to the uk and it was like right now i need to find out what i'm going to do moving forward and and i found this little job uh, in the malvern hills i'm from worcester originally so malvern hills this opportunity came up sort of house manager role and it was a sort of the owner and his wife the owner was the head chef his wife didn't do a lot apart from flood the building on several occasions <laughs> um and but you see, again, one of those you kind of did everything. You know, I was there at first thing in the morning, crack of dawn. And you're, you're sort of, you know, you're you're doing all the bedrooms. You're getting the restaurant ready for lunch service. You're getting the bars ready. You're, you know, you're, you're doing the lawn You're doing everything. You know, and yeah. and sort of getting home at two o'clock in the morning and then back in the next day to do it all again. But I did enjoy it. It was it wasn't long standing. While I was doing that, I had an opportunity as a restaurant manager at another hotel, uh, which I took in the sort of it was bigger. It was a bit more me, really.
0: You're still quite young at this point.
1: I guess. Oh God. Yeah. I was 21. So, you know, it was, it right. was, yeah, I was, I was 21, but it was, it, it was, it was great fun. And these sort of these opportunities kept presenting themselves and again, got growth, got, you know, progression quite quickly, met great people, got lifelong friends who are still lifelong friends now. Funny enough, I'm going to one stag do on Friday. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, that's just the industry and, mm. and it's just everywhere I've gone. I, I've loved it and I've not, When I've moved on, I've never moved on because I'm particularly unhappy. It's just, you know, it just felt like it was the right time. Yeah. And as I said, I've never, I've just not reached that time with with Exclusive at all. And, and, you know, at this stage of my career, probably never will.
0: Yeah. Um, And that's, it's an interesting one from an external recruiter's perspective is is that there's lots of things that you get taught down the years around, nobody ever tells you just to use your common sense around things, by the way. It's always about, well, if somebody stayed too long in that place you know maybe they become stale and all of those sorts of things but actually it's about having conversations with people and understanding why somebody stayed there because you know in your case you've you're 20 odd years with exclusive now why would you leave you've you know you've you've constantly been challenged you've constantly been growing you've constantly been given new opportunities you know and and let's face it you guys might not know this because you're you're within. The, the business but the reputation of the, the organisation is is immense as a place to stay but as a place to go work as well yeah. and so what's there's a lot i think a lot gets written ar- around the fact oh you've got to keep pushing for the stars but like the stars can come to you if you absolutely just crack on as you say and, yeah. and you know and, and get on with the job at hand and do the best you can at that
1: yeah i, I mean i i agree i mean it's like it's 20 years with one company but it's four hotels that i've that i've worked at in those you know yeah uh, and multiple different roles as well and multiple different roles and yeah. and you know and again now with 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 the new role it's i'm all over the place so you know i get to not literally well no not literally yeah, yeah. but well a little yeah. bit yeah, Geogra- <laughs> ge- ge- geographically yes um <laughs> metaphorically perhaps not but it, it's yeah it's 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 just been it's just different and it's there's been no reason to do anything else and if i felt i had, any, had a need to do something else or a reason to move on then i would do it i just it's just as you said you know, when I when I came to, to South Lodge nine and a half nearly well, yeah, nine and a half years ago, my first day was a meeting with the local planners and the architects about the spa building that we that we we had we were designing for here and, and a plan to to open. And that project took six years to get to fruition. And it was all encompassing. You know, you very much felt part of it. But, you know, it's it has it goes back to what I was saying before about it's got my DNA all over it and Danny will, will you know, Danny and I were basically worked Almost hand in hand on that project to deliver it amongst obviously wide you know, a, a lot a far wider group of people with designers and architects and everything else. But but it was just it's still when I walk into it I'm still incredibly proud of it. You yeah. know it's 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 been a great success on its own on it individually on its own. You know the membership is full. We've got a waitlist for a year to get into that building. Wow. You know we created a fantastic restaurant in there which you know I I, I believe to be an amazing restaurant and. I'm immensely proud of it, and we, we're now on the next phase. of we want to build, you know, we've got planning in at the moment to build luxury lodges on the estate. You know, we've we've just planted a, we planted a vineyard in May. I've got five hectares of vineyard here, which Fantastic. you know, it's, it's so it's another project which is coming down the line. You know, we're not going to have a drop to drink until 2028, but it's almost like I'm hooked in already because I said, "Well, I'm not going until I get that." Yeah, I get <laughs> to that first basket, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, but again, it's it's just, and we've got other plans and projects about how we develop it. I mean, I, I you know. I'm I'm incredibly biased about South Lodge. Probably cuz I've been here for 9 years, but we've done so much, but the opportunity and potential of this property is phenomenal. Yeah. And I and I truly believe in it. But as a as a collective group, you know, the opportunity you mentioned, you know, the properties are stunning. You know, we're very very fortunate to have amazing hotels in our, in our group, filled with incredible people who who just love what they do, you know, yeah. we, we 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 they just do. And we have phenomenal guests and, you know, all of those kind of, you know, we all get the ones that maybe aren't so phenomenal, but we all get, you know, incredible people. And, and over the years, I've had the opportunity to meet so many interesting people that in another walk of life, I would never have met. Yeah. And had the opportunity to meet. And I don't get starstruck on people at all because they're just people like everybody else. But, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to meet people. I mean, from A-list movie stars through to royalty to, to various different, you know, sort of walks of sports stars, the whole lot. And it's yeah, I just don't think you'd meet those people in any other walk of life. No, on the regularity that we sort of do. So we're very, we're very fortunate. Yeah, very fortunate.
0: no, that's fabulous. I mean, I, I, I think you've just touched upon something I'd love to cover as well as as to kind of what the future holds. I mean, the the that vineyard project sounds amazing, and you know, you've got the land right, so put it to to use as Abs- it were. Absolutely, yeah. Is this a kind of is it a collaborative mindset approach to? things when it comes to to projects like that it, it's not a directive from above it's it's a kind of you said you're part of the dna of that property so there's a lot of that come about because you're so experienced with the property your team are so experienced with it so you can kind of come together and go right what what next what can we do now
1: uh, absolutely i mean we're, we're very i mean so south lodge is located it's yes. literally overlooking the south down so it's you know it's in, in in west sussex the heart of English wine country, really an English sparkling wine country so um and we've been fortunate we had a we've had a long standing relationship with Ridgeview English wines, which are literally twelve miles from us in ditchling and it was it was something that it was actually Lewis, who's the executive chef here who's been here for a long long time, mentioned it well quite a while back actually said it was you know perfectly placed for for it to become a vineyard uh you know we're on a hill we're south facing it's you know it's everything you'd want it to be and then I think. It was then I think came up again, possibly in conversation with Ridgeview. The way Ridgeview operates is they don't own a huge amounts of their own land for vineyards and grow their own, they, they, but they collaborate and they cooperatively work with lots of landowners who, and they manage their, their sites for them. Right. So it seemed like a perfect thing. So, well, actually we've got this relationship. Let's have the conversation. So they, so we got an agronomist in who came to check this, the, the quality of the soil, um, and everything else we needed and feedback was very positive. So, okay, how do we make this work? you know we don't we're not winemakers you know we just don't have the time to do that and we're wine drinkers we we are absolutely wine drinkers and wine tellers, <laughs> but definitely not definitely not winemakers so various conversations happened with with um the guys at ridgeview who are fabulous people they they're just a lovely people And again it's a very much a family owned business so there's a lot of connectivity about how how would the two businesses run and we said look let's just let's just do it it's a long standing contract 25 year sort of arrangement in place uh, they will manage the site the site for us or or with us. They day to day they will you know they'll tell us when when the spraying needs to be done and everything else needs to go on. So we planted uh twenty or nineteen thousand and something different vines in May and classic champagne varietals of Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier as you would expect, with with the intentions of we want to create our own sparkling wine for the exclusive collection. So Ridgeview supply us all anyway. We take about 10,000 bottles a year from them as a group. So the way this has been set up effectively is that once, whatever whatever yield we get, which we're anticipating to be about 30 tons of grape, grapes at optimum, we will sell to Ridgeview on a, cooperative, on a on a commodity basis, some to be determined, but somewhere between two £2,000 and two and a half thousand pounds a ton. They will then produce under license for us uh, approximately 10,000 bottles of our own English sparkling wine, and then we will buy that back from them. Right. Okay. So, so they, so they don't lose out. In essence, they don't lose anything. Uh, the remaining sort of yield, which is equivalent to about twenty thousand bottles, they will then keep those grapes and they will use them in their in their own wine. So, their Ridgeview, Bloomsbury, um, Fitzrovia, et cetera. Yeah. So, so they don't. So, that, so it works really well. Is that they don't lose anything. They're not. It's not suddenly that we're taking we're taking away our ten thousand bottles that we buy from them. We're, we're not. They're just producing it for us using our grapes.
0: Yeah. But that gives it more kind of provenance, doesn't it, and more story that you can talk to at the dining table, or, you know, which is fine. While it's only twelve miles down the road as well, but when it's been grown just, just over there,
1: literally, and, and that's it. So you look out the windows of, the, of your hotel bedroom here, and you can see the vineyard. I mean, that's 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 where it is. It's yeah. it's it's you know it's 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 a great story, and it gives us a lot of opportunities to how we can progress it in the future. Yeah, you know, with wine tours. I mean, we are. I mean, I think West Sussex. It's not. I wouldn't quite go as far as to say it's it's champagne in terms of its in terms of the region, but it's 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 getting that kind of kudos now. I mean, the wines that are being produced here are phenomenal. Absolutely. And so we wanted our own version of that. First of all, like everything we do, it has to be great and, and it will be. That's why we're working with Ridgeview, because we know that they will make great wine. I'm sure we'll have a, you know, a, a bit of a word, a bit of a say in the in the actual blend and the, the final sort of product, but we'll definitely take the lead from them. And and it, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, it's going to be a you know it'd be a vintage product every year, single estate vineyard, you know, all the good stuff that you would expect to buy, and you'd pay good money for in any restaurant. Um, yeah. If you're in Champagne, you'd be paying a lot of money for that. So, so it's it's a, it's a really exciting process, and we will incorporate. We'll get the teams involved. So whether I mean, we'll we'll certainly have to when it comes to harvest, I'm sure. But just the whole process of the blends, you know, we've got a lot of very professional, whether it's sommeliers, restaurant managers, food and beverage professionals within within our organization across across the estate. And we want them to be part of it. You know, it's a great opportunity. Who gets that opportunity? It's 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 very rare. So, so it will be collaborative. We will bring people together. And yeah, I'm 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 thrilled. I'm really excited about. I mean, the the time frame. We'll get our first sort of harvest 2024, but it'll be quite small, probably about 2,000 bottles equivalent. And then from sort of thereafter, it'll it'll get up to about thirty thirty thousand bottles equivalent. So we'll first drop to drink 2028 when done properly. So. We'll get, a, we'll get some grapes next year and we'll, we'll have a play around what we want to do with that. But the other, the other thing we're then looking into is how we can use the byproducts, so the waste product from the grapes into a skincare range. Ah. So how we tie it back into the spas for health and well being, and, and, and that. And that's really important. So there's a, there's a property in Bordeaux called Cordelie. So they have a skincare range. They use all of the grape must from Bordeaux, from Chateaubriand and so on. Uh, but they also have a fantastic hotel, spa and two-star Michelin restaurant. And so you're kind of going, okay, that's 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 a really great sort of example of what this could become. Yeah. Or maybe a slightly larger scale. So so that's really exciting. So that's kind of the next phase. And of course, the whole sustainability thing is a big deal for us. So, you know, we we achieved our B Core status as a company last year, first hotel company in the UK to, to be awarded that. So the sustainability side of 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 our business is really, really important to us and something we're very passionate about. So you know what we don't want to do is make wine and then create all this waste it's kind of well what do we do with this waste how can we re re-engage with it yeah get it back into the into in you know this circular economy idea of how we can get that using it's not easy it's, it's a it's a really difficult process to go through because there's a lot of there's a lot of great must you know how much we need to to put into products you know that i mean ridgeview already work with there's a there's a gin producer called just foxhole i think they're called and they basically use the grape must and they create gin from that so you know, you, you can see there there are those opportunities around. You've just got to explore them. How do yeah. we do that? You know, I think we'll want to make a grapper of some sort for the Italian connection within the business, and we'll try and work out how we do that. So there's, yeah, it's 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 a that's really exciting thing. isn't it? And it will open up so much more.
0: Yeah, yeah that's, that's I'd say then it leads to this moment of right. What well, what's what's the next project? What you know, what can we do with that that could lead to X Y Z? Are you um uh, are you familiar with a guy called Douglas McMaster? Who's uh, a chef in London? Uh, place called yes, Silo. Major. Yes, very much yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His uh, he has this line that he used uh, when uh, I was lucky enough to get him on the show, and he says that, that waste is just a failure of the imagination. I agree. And you know, when what you're just saying there, these if there's a byproduct, a waste product of something that you're doing, okay, what can we do with that waste product? If we were all thinking like that, we'd um, you know we'd be creating so much really interesting things.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, Silo used to be in Brighton, of course, so it was relatively of local. Of yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I agree, and, and you're right. What they're doing is is phenomenal. I think it's you know it's again it's it's one example. You've got Silo, which is obviously a restaurant in itself, and it's you know they they dictate the menu, and that's and that's how they so it's so without it's maybe slightly easier for him than it would be for a hotel that's producing yeah, huge amounts sure. of, of stuff. So, but you know the fact that they that they've done it and getting great recognition for it and deserve all the praise they're getting for sure we need to find a way how do we do it in our business and it's you know we are it's a fine balance because you don't want to strip away the luxury and that's a challenge you know just even things like single use plastics and doing away with single use plastics it's an absolute minefield yeah um especially now because you know supply chains are obviously all over the place and and it's very easy to get caught out i think the you know the the sort of um the, the, the green economy or the the, you know, it's the greenwashing is is an opportunity for others, and actually, you have to dig a lot deeper. It's not just a case of what's it, what's it say on the surface, the surface level. Okay, it's it's made from this, okay, yeah. but how is that made? You know, I think the the classic one is you know stuff made from bamboo, and you kind of go, oh, look, this is made from bamboo, isn't it wonderful? It's like, yeah, but then what's the backstory of that? Yeah, it's all is it all produced in China and then comes on a big shipping container <laughs> You know, what's the impact then? We're not factoring that in. So there's mm. there's so many things you have to look at. And it's, it, there isn't always an answer. It's just, it's just, is it, you know, and sometimes it's just a case of look, is it better than what we're currently doing? If the answer is yes, well, okay, what's well, a step change. It may not be the final solution, but at least it's a step change. Yeah. And then we go again and we go again and we go again. And I think there's a, there's a lot of that sort of stuff, which we need to do. So, you know, we've certainly been far more focused on it within exclusive. Are we the best of the best? No, probably not, but we've got, we're, you know, we've committed to a journey now, you know, the B course status is a legally binding contract we we you know danny changed the articles of business to make it so and and so we have a target so we have a journey to go on and, and we have to get better every single year because you get audited every three years and you right. don't you definitely don't want to go backwards so yeah yeah so it's you know it, it's a it's now forming part of that strategy for the company. Is that that's now on the agenda item guys that ain't coming off that's you know every, every decision we make we have to think about the sustainable credentials of it is it improving the business and it's difficult because yeah. sometimes you see something that you want to go, oh, that'd be great for our guests. That'd be great for our guest bedrooms or whatever. And they go, yeah, maybe not. It's not great for the environment. It's not great for the planet. So let's not, let's not go there. Let's find the alternative. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult because, you know, one example is that going back to our spas and, you know, we have, you know, every guest when they come into the spa, they get a pair of exclusive flip-flops. And that's for health and safety reasons as much as anything else because we don't want people slipping on wet floors and, and all of those kind of things. Yeah. But these flip-flops are effectively single-use. So what do you do, you know, and try, you try and find an alternative that you can't, mm. you, you literally can't. So, you know, we, we have managed to find a way now they, there's a company we work with called Reskinned. The flip-flops are collected. They're then, you know, we encourage guests first and foremost, please take them with you, keep them. You can, you can wear them again and again and again. So they're not single use, but anything, if any of that are left behind, they then go after this company called Reskinned and they're shredded and they use used in the, in the um, construction industry. So they get mixed with uh, MDF fiberboard effectively and they will be used to build buildings so right. you know they're not going to waste they're not recently. going they're not going straight to waste so yeah. you know they they have a longer lifespan than perhaps they would have otherwise had i mean the the ideal solution would be the you, you don't have anything that's made from plastic but yeah, you know, at the moment there is no alternative yeah um, we're not there yeah. yet are we that's, the, that's we're, we're, the thing we're not there so small steps all, absolutely
0: yeah absolutely. The same principle i i think around there's a big thing around uh electric cars there are you know possibly part of the solution but they're not the
1: solution i i 100 agree i don't think they are the, the long-term solution I, I always worry about yeah the, the 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 wastelands that are being created to uh to remove the lithium yeah and the impact of all of that and you know it's it's kind of going yeah okay it's 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 a better solution than than petrol and diesel yep it is but it's not as you say it's not the permanent solution yeah yeah what what will be i you know what yeah, who who knows?
0: Indeed, yeah, that's um, probably for people beyond our pay grade to figure that out.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about hydrogen, hasn't there And I think hydrogen probably is is an even better solution. But of course, the worry I think is that we're all driving around in hydrogen bombs. Yeah, probably isn't, isn't isn't so good isn't so good for the planet. So,
0: no, um, Did everybody remembers so, that that Zeppelin that um, exactly that blew up? Yeah, yeah. But um anyway, yes. Well, have you got from your time in your career so far? Have you got any stories, any funny stories that you you could share with us? Oh.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been thinking about that and I'm kind of going probably loads. I mean, I, I think the one the one that I think was probably funny for most everybody else apart from me. So it was kind of my first Saturday night service at Penny Hill when I was in the restaurant, restaurant manager. And restaurant was nice and busy. It was it was buzzing. And I was pouring opening and um, serving a bottle of Perrier rose, something I've done thousands of times, think nothing of it. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Open this bottle of Lauren Perry Rose. And for some reason, I had these brand new, we had these brand new shiny napkins, which I had in my hand. And I transferred the bottle from one to the other. And it literally went straight through my hand, landed on the floor, the right way up, did not break. Right. However, all of the contents of that bottle decided to come out through the opening <laughs> at the top of the bottle into my face, uh, all over me and all over the ceiling. I couldn't open my eyes because I had Lauren Perry Rose in my, in my eyes, which you know, could be worse things in, in the world. But, <laughs> Luxury problem. What well, luxury problem, but the yeah. entire restaurant as you as you expect in these surgeons were just basically clapping and cheering. Yeah. As I was dripping with Lauren Perry Rose. And I turned around and when well, I could eventually open my eyes again and Paul Thompson, who'd employed me as the operations he was operations manager there, was stood in the doorway and just looked at me, gave me a look, shook his head in disprove <laughs> and walked off. And so no help whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that'll help. So, yeah. so that that was that was probably my most embarrassing moment. But you know these things happen. It's 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 fine. You know yeah. these things can happen. It's not it's not the end of the world.
0: I think you might be a pioneer on the show. I think everybody, anybody that's ever served a table anywhere has got a story about dropping glasses, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody has a story about dropping a bottle of champagne and having its contents empty into the face.
1: And I have no idea how that bottle didn't break because it's a solid. It was a marble floor. So right, I've absolutely, wow. I still to this day have no idea how it didn't break, which is probably a good thing that it didn't break. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So so I wore it rather than anything else but you know that happens it happens we all all, these things these things happen absolutely
0: Um, yeah yeah yeah. but yeah um you're part of the exec committee at the master in holders
1: i am yes privileged to be yes so talk to us about that so this this stems back so back in again part of my journey with exclusive really so back in 2005 i was uh lucky enough to win a scholarship so master in holders uh for those who don't aren't familiar with it are sort of there are a subpart of the Worshipful Company of Inholders. So, if you think about the Worshipful Companies of London uh, and everything they did, so going back hundreds of years, they were the governing bodies of of the industry that they ran. So, whether it's Goldsmith or the Drapers or, or whatever, and they would dictate a lot of the sort of you know your, your your rates, the standards, everything across your industry. And of course, all of that's been diluted over over the hundreds of years. And so they created in a in way to get back to their core, which is their industry. They created the Master in Holders many many years ago, and part of the charitable services is what most of these companies now do was to offer up some scholarships to up and coming hospitality people. Perhaps, and I guess I fit the mould to a degree. I mean, I said to you earlier I didn't go through university, so you know I hadn't had a formal education in hospitality. Everything yeah. I've got is sort of sort of learned, and so it was presented the opportunity of these scholarships was basically said sort of like, those who need a helping hand, you know, in the industry, who could, who were going to benefit from it greatly as a, so I'm a charity case. That's, that's basically what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Um, so there's, there's quite a robust application and interview process to go through to, to be awarded a scholarship. And the scholarship for me was to go to Cranfield University or Cranfield Business School. And, and it wasn't hospitality specific. It wasn't at all. Business is business and effective you, expense. I had 18 people on the program with me from all walks of life from industries all over all over and from internationals to uk and everything else and it was a true education for me and something that I've, I've never forgotten but a big part of that when you've had that it's about how you then give back to industry and and i've never lost sight of that for me it's really important that i help pass on my knowledge and and help to promote the industry as a whole how do i get more people to join the industry to to recognize it for the fantastic industry that it is and so when you gone through your scholarship process and you've gone to, you, know, you then become what's called a St. Julian scholar, which is another sort of subsidiary of, of the Worshipful company, if you like. Mm. And we meet regularly and um, have networking events and, and so on and so forth. And I've been I've been a part of, I've been an active part of that for, for the last 17, 16, 17 years. Mastering holds itself again, to become an MI, to become a Mastering Holder, you have to go through an application process and an interview selection process to, to get it. Uh, and again, I was fortunate a few years ago to, to do that you have to be in a general manager for five years to, to qualify for that and then i was invited to join the executive committee and again i was very honored to be approached about it to join because i firmly believe in it as an organization i firmly believe in what it's trying to do for the industry and as part of that i was then asked to head up the scholarship committee so almost full circle again really in terms of i was a recipient of a scholarship back in 2005 I'm now the person who effectively awards those scholarships Brilliant. Um, yeah. for the people, which is which is great. And the process is kind of robust. You have to go through, you know, against an application process and you have a sifting committee and then you have an interview panel. But I've always found that doing the interview days is the best day of the year for me. You know, the opportunity to sit with people who are passionate about the industry, as passionate about the industry as I, as I was and am, to talk to them about their careers and where they see themselves going and just to see that energy is is it's so rewarding I've done it with various different levels there's a another sort of educational program called the in Mastering Aspiring Leaders program which I've been fortunate to be part of as well in the past and, and every year doing the interview and selections is exhausting it's a whole day doing sort of 36 interviews but it's it's just massively rewarding and I've, I've loved doing it I've you know built sort of almost worked my holidays around those days to try and make sure that I'm there for it mm. and it's yeah just tr- just really really passionate about it and so for me getting young people coming into the industry and helping them to get to where they want to be on their career and to develop is yeah almost as almost as important to me as doing the job that I do on a day-to-day basis yeah um, i couldn't agree more and and so it's yeah Whenever I have an opportunity to talk to these guys, whether that's through mentoring or and and I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything. I can only give the benefit of my experience. But whether it's mentoring or interviewing or talking to these, I I yeah I love it. I think it's a great opportunity. So I think there's, there's a lot of good work done.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I th- I think it's especially in the midst of what we're in at the moment. It's uh, never been more important. I think than a, 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 to have an ethos of giving back and to have an, an ethos that you know we've got to protect the industry together as a unit. And how do we what's one of the things that we do to that is is to make sure that people who are coming in and giving this industry a go have got all the tools they need to be successful um, yeah, and, and a lot of that is around having the right mentors and the right people and This is the one thing i one of the well one of the thing one of the many things I love about this industry is that you know help is everywhere you just ask for it and it will be given it, you know there, there's so many people who are focused on making sure that if somebody's having a wobble why are they having a wobble can we help you through the wobble all of these sorts of things it's um yeah well actually it leads me on to probably a, a a nice question to move on to from that is that what would be your top three reasons for somebody to to join hospitality in the first place
1: great question um i mean i think for me i think it's the it's it's the, the variation of the role you know you you join hospitality and no two days in the same we sort of touched on it earlier and, and you know there are no two days are alike you, the variation the the variables that you have the people that you meet you know from one day to the next whether it's people you work with or people you get to meet as as guests and, and customers it's you know it's it's phenomenal from that perspective and and you mentioned it i think i don't know an industry like it where you can literally pick up the phone and talk to somebody in a in a competitive organisation that will give you advice and guidance and, and literally tell you what you want to know yeah. you know we are we are such a convivial industry you only have to go to you know the whether it's the Kates or the or the aa awards or whatever kind of awards ceremony that you go to and it's kind of you're walking in a room which you're like meeting your mates mm-hmm. you know and it's everybody i mean I've, i sat at, i remember sitting at one once and going in and going like this event is never going to start because nobody would sit down because they're all going from table to table to say hello to everybody and and I, I just don't think there's an industry like it. Yeah, you know, they, they're your competitors, but they're your friends, and they're almost—it's almost like it's one big family, and you generally don't get that anywhere else. I'm, no. I'm sure of
0: it. I couldn't agree more. And I, the the thing that I will always, always, always come back to, and I have Danny to thank for this, is that he very kindly invited me to be on his table at back to the floor this year. Exactly. And if ever you needed a, an insight into the camaraderie that exists and the uh, the the kind of unity that exists amongst the industry as you say everyone that's operating tables is you know there's friendly competitiveness going on amongst each other but at the end of the day everybody's having a glass of wine together and having a good old natter
1: absolutely and we're all you know taking the mick out of each other and you know just and it's i remember i very much looked after that table but i'm whereas um yeah, trying to keep you're those okay. guys.
0: You're okay. I'll give you a, well, a I, good I, seven
1: yeah. out of ten. That, that's 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 very good. Although I was probably let down by the team, to be honest, <laughs> um, <laughs> on that particular. I'd never blame the team for anything, but on that particular occasion, um, it was, you know, I mean, it is because it is supposed to be. It is, I mean, it's an incredible event, as as, as you know from being there, and, and you know, but coming together to raise that kind of money. I mean, quarter of a million quid for hospitality action yeah. is not to be sniffed at, and no. and. You know, as you as you say, you know, we, we then we go to the bar together afterwards, and we have a you know have a beer and a glass of wine or whatever, and it's just an incredible environment and with with wonderful people because we yeah. are by our sheer nature. You know, if you, if you if you can't be hospitable, then you're in the wrong industry. For sure. um, um, so so we are, but it's it's I think it's, it's just heartfelt. I don't I you know there's no I, I just I've never really experienced the any politics in it or any yeah. you know oh they're saying this because of this or it's just it's genuine. Yeah. You know, and people who generally want to come together to, to, to help each other, to support each other, you know, you, you kind of see it, you know, you'll you'll get a hotel, if you have, if you have ever had a situation where you've had a problem with your hotel, and you've had to find help somewhere, you call up your local competitors and go, look, I've got a problem, can you help? I've got this, this and this to do. And they're just like, yeah, tell me what you need. Mm. You know, and we're there for you. And, and even though you are competing with each other. Yeah. It's a strange, it's a strange thing. And I can't put my finger on it, but, it, but it shows it, it you that wonderful.
0: We all, we all win that way, don't we? Because, you know, it's it's just this reciprocal kindness. I mean, it will, it always has a habit of coming back to help you when you need it the most and vice versa. If somebody offers that to you when you need it the most, you're of course going to reciprocate that without question ab- the, absolutely. when, when the shoe's on the other foot. Um, so it's a wonderful yeah. industry for that, for sure.
1: It is. We'll, we'll do, we'll do anything for each other. But I, I think going back to your original point, I think, you know, the other, the other reasons you know, they are transferable skills. It can take you around the world. It really can, and yeah. that—that's—that's that's, you know, priceless life skills, really. And I think it does. I think life skills is key. It does. It does give you those. Yeah, um, I don't
0: think we YouTube. play uh, play up to that enough because there's a lot of you know, effectively, if you think about your day to day role all the way through your career, there's often probably in every single, pretty much every single shift that you've ever run in your life, there's been a problem to solve. And so you don't. We take it for granted what this does to you as a human in terms of it gives. It just gives you tools to to get past problems and work past issues that that come your way. And and by the very nature of that, I think it makes us one of the most resilient industries in in the world.
1: And I, th- I think that's key because it it does help resilience. I mean, you know, as you say, you, you get a problem, you deal with it. You've got that experience behind it. So if anything else happens in life, you go, okay, well I know I know how to deal with that. Yeah. You know, it's not gonna it's not gonna knock me off my of stride too much. And. And, and yeah, I think I think you're right. It does. It just brings you those skills that you, you wouldn't otherwise potentially get in other, in other walks of life. So, and that, and then, as I said before, just the people you meet, you know, the, the people, some of the people I've met, I've been very fortunate to meet some incredible people, you know, over the years, celebrity status, a lot of them, politicians, royalty, TV, film, all of that stuff. And uh, I don't get starstruck about anybody, but it's, you know, they are just normal people, but they are. It's just wonderful to be able to meet those people and to engage with them and to have those kind of conversations. These are mega stars, you know. Yeah. They are some of these guys, and you, you know sometimes people think they don't even have the right to be in the same room as them, but they they're just normal people. I know that's and, the thing, right? And,
0: people forget that they they still go to the toilet and they still need to eat and drink. Yeah.
1: And, and you think, you know, I think I, I remember meeting Nicole Kidman at one, once and thinking, oh, I just had this expectation she was going to be a complete and utter diva. You know, and she was the most loveliest person you'll ever meet. You right. know, she was just respectful and lovely and friendly and warm and everything else. You go, okay, that's just not my what I expected at all. Yeah, and you kind of go, well, that's great. You know, I I now you know I, I appreciate it better as an actor now <laughs> than than, yeah. than I perhaps otherwise would have done because I just thought maybe she's just you know a bit stuck up, but she she absolutely wasn't at all. And and and, and you, yeah, you just it just brings you to a level that you realise. I mean, we've said it. Before, I mean, many occasions that you sort of you develop these sort of champagne tastes on beer money um there's an element there's, there's there's an element of that but you know you you do i mean i've been invited to to events that i probably shouldn't be at you know and and the opportunity to to, to be at with 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 some people and meet royalty and all of that kind of stuff and you go yeah, this is this yeah, is pretty cool. pinch this yourself cool. what am i doing here yeah. how did how yeah, did exactly, this happen exactly that yeah you know, and, you, and you do when you go oh, this is pretty cool you know i, I remember i had an opportunity What well, this goes back a long time now but uh 1998 to be specific and it was during the World Cup and the owners of the hotel were going to all of the World Cup games. And I got a call from my GM and she said, um, can Tracy, my other half, could you get all of your passport? I was like, yeah, why? I said, well, you're, you're coming to the, um, you're coming to the football with us tonight. I'm like, sorry. And said, yeah, yeah, we've got, a, there's a spare ticket to go to the England Argentina game. This is in France, wasn't it? In France, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, Saint Etienne. So I was like, oh, well, I can probably make that work. That's that I can make that work. That's fine. So I'll make it work. I'll so, make it work. <laughs> I'll make it work, right? So I've got my passport. So, so I've got to get to, to Northolt Airport. Okay, right. Fine. Don't to wear Northolt Airport. Anyway, let's get to Northolt Airport. Uh, private jet sitting there waiting for us on the on the runway. Pilot comes out. So of so does a meet and greet. No passport control or anything like that. This is pre-911, obviously. So yeah, all, all a bit different now, I'm sure. Got on board. Flew into Lyon. Had cars waiting for us at Lyon to take us to the football. At Saint Etienne, they waited for us at the game, and of course, that particular football match for those who are interested in football, obviously, were was probably the, one of the most famous England football matches ever. Really, it was the David Beckham getting sent off, Michael Owen wonder goal, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. And should have won that, game. Should have won, we, that we game. should have won that game. We should we absolutely should have won that game. Yeah. And I remember walking into the stadium and just seeing blue and white shirts everywhere of the Argentinian supporters, and thinking, oh dear, <laughs> this could this could get really messy, <laughs> and. uh and and literally by the end of the game, it was so up and down all the way throughout. But by the end of the game, we were all hugging each other. It was it was an amazing environment to be in.
2: Yeah.
1: And thinking, actually, I've got uh, there's me and these Argentinians, and we're all hugging each other. But what an amazing game of football! It was not it wasn't tribal. It wasn't you know a, nasty at all, which you would expect it to be. But actually, it was a one, It was just a wonderful environment to be in. And then we got on the plane and flew back into Heathrow, and it was, again didn't yeah. see another passenger on the way back. It was it was an amazing thing. But I'm thinking I don't think that would ever happen anywhere else.
0: No, God, indeed. And it also shows you, uh, I have a very different memory of that game. (laughs) I was, uh, because I watched that game. Don't let the accent fool you, by the way. I have an English father and a Scottish mother, so I was brought up quite neutral when it came to sport. I'm as passionate an English fan as anybody uh, out there. And I remember being in, I was at college and... Was I uh, was working at Blockbuster Video. God, do you remember that? Oh, well, there
1: you go. they are all thrown back.
0: And I was fi- due to finish at 8 o'clock, specifically so I could go and watch the, the football or ca- catch the second half. And I just missed Michael Owen's goal um, and then watched the, the, the rest of the game. But we were in a pub in, a pub in Prestwick on the west coast of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say that that pub didn't have a lot of pro-English supporters in the pub. And, uh, of course, it went to penalties. And uh, I remember, I think uh, David Seaman saved the first Argentinian penalty, and I was the only person that cheered in the <laughs> in the whole pub. And I remember thinking, right, I think I'll get my coat,
1: and yeah, um, might, might not be a bad idea.
0: Yeah, indeed. So yes, but two very different, the, the same experience, but very different experience.
1: Yeah, so it was it was an incredible it was an incredible occasion, and will never forget. But it was just the opportunity to, to go through that was again. I just don't think it would have appeared in any other walk of life. There's no way on earth that would have happened to me. So yeah, you know. You know that private jet was was pretty awesome. I've not been on one since, to be fair. So, wow. um, but it was it was it was, one, it was one I've, I've, I've ticked the box. Once you, it's the only way to travel. But you know, that's, yeah. um, <laughs> um, but it, it was great. And and it, yeah, it's just those opportunities just to come about in life are are pretty cool. Yeah, They're pretty cool.
0: Absolutely excellent okay well um thank you so much for sharing your story with us today if people want to get a hold of you to learn about you or exclusive
1: and and your future what, what's the best method for them to do that they can contact me by email if they wish so it's david.exclusive.co.uk i am on twitter can't remember my twitter handle off the top of my head but they'll find me <laughs> i'll put it in the show notes anyway, uh, don't worry. It'll, <laughs> it'll be there or linkedin or, or whatever i mean all the usual sort of ways of contacting are, are there so yeah give me give me a shout if anybody wants to talk more about anything else. That's then I'll be delighted to talk to them. Fantastic. Thank you
0: so much, David. I wish you a very pleasant day ahead.
1: Likewise, to yourself. Thanks, Bill. always,
0: no take care. Cheers. And there we have it a wonderful career journey from David with great learning and some cracking stories throughout, too. The future sounds very exciting with an exclusive collection, no doubt. I'll be back again next week with more stories from hospitality, but until then, thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week.